welcome back to the 17th episode of Little Bear Abroad podcast and the third Barnacutin episode with Dr. James. That's right. Hi. Say hi. Hi. hi welcome back. Happy nice Christmas. to be back. Um, it is good to be back, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's um, getting lighter. Snow is here. Yeah. The kids are playing across the water in their beautiful doggies. Oh, I've never noticed that place before, actually. Yeah. It's a children's oh. paradise. So vaccinate them and let them become adults. <laughs> yeah, we're speaking about vaccinations today, which we've already had a mini debate about. Uh, but I, um, as I said on Instagram last night, we are both very much pro-vaccine in our beliefs. So You and I. Yeah, both of us. Yes. Um, so some people who are listening may find some of the things that we have to say, may disagree with some of the things that we have to say, but... I think, you know, it's still We live a in a democracy. We, t- we definitely God do. bless it. And to put this into context, all the stuff that's been happening in the south of Sweden recently with the measles outbreak. Yes, a lot of things happening. Significant. We were just saying it's not, it's a hundred year anniversary of the Spanish flu that infected about 500 million people worldwide, almost a third of the population and killed 50 to 100 million people. That's crazy. Yeah, it's no joke. And didn't I hear, I don't know, you can maybe correct me or not about this, but isn't this flu season particularly one of the most deadly so far? It's a it's a nasty strain um, that's a little bit challenging. It's virulent, and the vaccine has not been proven to be that effective, which happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the flu, as far as I can tell, has not really come to Sweden in the same way that it's come to America. Yeah. I was just reading a couple hearing. young people died suddenly from one of the complications of influenza, which is pneumonia. People were setting up tents outside a lot of the hospitals to manage the volume in the emergency department. So America's being hit, but it hasn't come here, and I would say yet, with global travel. Uh, I think I'd be surprised if we don't experience an uptick in cases. But, you know, there is a vaccine now. In America, it's interesting, as a healthcare worker, you have to be vaccinated in order to work, or you have to wear a mask for the duration of your shift. Of no, of the flu season. You have oh, your shift in from okay. the whole I see what you season. Mean. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't work unless you're vaccinated. Um, but that's not the case here, is it? That's I mean, not the case here. I talked about that at work, actually, and brought up the concept of masks and they and treating influenza with antivirals. And it's a different approach here. So uh, that's it. Different approach, different vaccine schedule. Also in America, a young boy just died of rabies, which is not common at all. And the, that was the result crazy. of crazy. Father probably regretfully and mistakenly deciding not to give him the vaccine because the kid was afraid of needles. So I can understand yeah. his thinking, but you have to weigh the risks and benefits. So very tragic. <sighs> case. I mean, I I think it like I I think the worst situation that I found myself in was at Hedgehogs, and it was a couple of years ago. Hedgehogs, sorry. That is the. Uh, play group that we run on a Friday afternoon. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Um, at Hoglitz, the church in Suter. Nice. Um, and uh, we, I was having a conversation with one of the mums and it was just, you know, regular stuff. And of course, a lot of the time it goes on to health stuff with children. New first time mums are a bit like, Ooh, you know, I've got this issue. And she so suddenly went, oh, yeah, do you know what? I'm not really sure if I'm going to actually vaccinate a bit against the whooping cough because, you know, it doesn't really exist anymore. And my heart just sank. I was like, I, I just couldn't get my, I, I was speechless. I couldn't say it. I mean, I couldn't. Well, so did that's interesting. What do you say? Do you say something? I mean, we live in a society, right? So everyone, it's a very interesting topic. Every, the definition of society is that we 
form a group to take care of each other and yeah. subjugate the needs of the individual. But to what extent mm-hmm. do you do that? Yeah. So when it comes to vaccinations that provide herd immunity, are you obligated to vaccine vaccinate your child to protect everyone else? Or are you allowed to exercise your free will? And it's a very interesting. It's a, so it's, did you say anything? Um, I I did point out to her that the reason that whooping cough didn't exist anymore was because people are vaccinated. And um, but she she made the point of saying, well, it's my decision to to whether or not we vaccinate, isn't it? And I, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I left it at that because that's, you know, you can say it's your decision. Your also, decision. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can enter the for school and then potentially contaminate the other kids. Well, that, that, that's the only as as you know, I don't know. We haven't caught up on this, but as you know, or some of our listeners will know that we are looking into the possibility of starting our own for schooler, um, oh, what, wow. upna for schooler, not for schooler. Oh, mm-hmm. no, there, upna for schooler, um, and uh, it's you know a sort of going to act as a bit of a conduit for international families settling into Stockholm, um, and that's something that is rattling around in my head. What is our medical policy going to be? How are we going to manage? people coming into because we want to have open doors but at the same time we don't want to stop children who may have compromised immune systems from being able to come it's not even compromised immune it's young kids who are protected against illnesses that older children can be exposed to yeah yeah whooping cough pertussis does still exist yeah just and regardless of vaccinations it's not as prevalent as it was obviously but there's still cases yeah Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, it's, and adults can get it too, and it's not super fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in the UK, I, um, like I know that in the UK, pregnant mothers are vaccinated against whooping cough, mm-hmm. um, and therefore the, the child in utero gets the immunity through that vaccination. That's how they deal with it. But here in Sweden, the kid is vaccinated once it's been born. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a, you know, there's maybe a different way of doing it there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, to put it also again, um, to go back to what I was put the whole conversation that we're having today into context, in on the website on littlebearabroad.com, uh, the Swedish vaccine schedule is one of our most searched topics. Ah, so people, okay. you know, and that you can understand why people coming to a new country, getting their kids enrolled into the health system, they want to know what the vaccine schedule is. Sure. Does it match up with with the stuff that they've come from? Da, 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 right. Da. Um, but I think also, um, you know, and whether we get a lot of questions about. We've had questions on Barnacutin about the chickenpox vaccine, why mm-hmm. it's not included in that schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the meningitis vaccine, why is it not included in the Swedish schedule, but it is in the UK and other countries? So, I mean, it's just, I think maybe a good starting point would be to ask you, um, you, you know, I don't know if you know about this, but, you know, how is a vaccine chosen to be part of a national vaccine schedule oh that's above my pay grade <laughs> okay. i mean it's it's usually it's from a it's nationalized mm-hmm. um, in the united states it's the centers for disease control which handles stuff like that i believe um would it be leaves metal something or other in sweden i don't know i'm sure it's whatever <laughs> national organization i mean i have a lot of i do have a lot of faith in the Swedish healthcare system in many ways. They have a really great research database because of the person numbers, and mm-hmm. they care. I, th- I'm. It's my opinion, but I think they do a 
pretty good job. The vaccine schedule is slower than it is in the United States. Yeah. So things start later. Yeah. So we always opt for the accelerated program, which you can do, mm-hmm. especially if we take our kids through the United States sure. when they're young. Yeah. And I didn't know that you could actually opt for that yeah. possibility. You can so discuss you can with t- them and say you want it accelerated and they're Because you're traveling, traveling frequently. And they're yeah. totally fine with that. And mm-hmm. my impression, my general, I think Swedes seem to travel a lot. Yeah. A lot of the people I've encountered with their kids. Yeah. And they go to some pretty adventurous places. Mm. So I think they're very comfortable mm-hmm. accelerating the vaccine mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how vaccines are chosen. We talked about chickenpox and there was a study that came out in Sweden discussing the risks mm-hmm. and benefits of introducing that vaccine and they take into a lot of they take a lot of factors into consideration mm-hmm. cost and an expense of hospitalization versus expense of giving the vaccine, vaccine. and incidence yeah. and prevalence of the disease and yeah. my guess is they're going to introduce it oh really i that's my that was my interpretation of the paper uh-huh. could be wrong but i think it will come uh-huh. i see empirically a lot of kids at work uh-huh. with complications from yeah. chicken pox yeah. I mean, it's so condition. it's so kind of that, that that was the thing about, you know, Stella had chicken pox at the beginning of last year and she, gosh, she had maybe like 10 spots, yeah. you know, and then, you know, our, our next door neighbor's son had chicken pox and he was out of school for six weeks. Yep. So but you can choose so... to get the vaccine. You can go to one of those yeah. places and pay yeah. for it, which we're going to do once yeah. our younger kid is a little older. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's via vaccine, isn't it? Or and then there's, there's so of many of yeah, these I yeah. can't keep track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I um I think, you know, one of the big things that questions that I have about vaccine is I don't understand the thought process behind not choosing to get a vaccine. I'm gonna go I'm gonna dive right in here. Should have had like, a different guest, right? <laughs> Should have brought us someone from, there's that what's that community, Yarnia? The community yeah. south of Sweden where yeah. there's a They kind of live philosophy. off the grid, don't they? I don't know enough about it, but I do know that they're, I don't think they vaccinate. They're mm-hmm. skeptical of mm-hmm. vaccines and the potential side effects mm-hmm. of those. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a patient from that community come in who was septic and very, very sick uh, and definitely was at higher risk for bacterial infections that he would not have had risk for if he were vaccinated. So. Mm-hmm. That's one of the consequences. But I mean, you must you must come into contact, as you said, you must come into contact with a number of these like of individuals who who make the choice, the free choice to decide not. Had to. one last night. There since you, you talk about measles, mm-hmm. uh, question of measles in a six-year-old boy who was not vaccinated. So my initial response to the referring physician was, "He's six years old. It can't be measles." And the physician said, "Well, the parents have chosen not to vaccinate the child." So it certainly could have been measles. And our concern as a healthcare facility is every, we have a very strict protocol of how they enter our workplace so that they don't affect everyone else because it's spread airborne. And, you know, there's an outbreak of measles here now in Sweden. And it's very scary for little kids. And it's, we have to keep track of everyone. And Mm. Mm. yeah, so if there were herd immunity from vaccinations, Mm. absolutely, we wouldn't be dealing with this. So... 
I, I feel very strongly a mm-hmm. pro-vaccine. Mm-hmm. But if you could go back to the herd immunity thing, what does that mean? That means that we live, you know, let's say you use the analogy of animals in a pen, that's the herd. And if everyone is protected against a disease- Or vaccinated. Vaccinated, that herd is immune and they're not gonna have an outbreak of that disease in the herd and everyone will be safe, theoretically. And it protects the younger animals who are, who are not ready to be vaccinated against right. that or have a developed enough immune system to be vaccinated against that's right so if we blow up that analogy into society Mm -hmm. uh we have people who are immune Mm -hmm. because of vaccines Mm -hmm. and then we have some who are not immune Mm -hmm. because they've come from places where the vaccines aren't offered or given or accessible yeah that's a different issue and and no one's to blame for that um and then you have people who've grown up within a system where vaccines are available and have chosen not to do it. So that potentially puts other people at risk. Yeah. So that's where you get into the discussion of free choice versus societal obligations. Yeah. yeah. Go back to Freud, civilization and its discontents. And oh, God. <laughs> genesis of all us neurotic New Yorkers. Right? That's another podcast. Um, I think I might have to get Shirsten involved in that one then. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, the, um, I think my, yeah, as I was going to beforehand, you know, I simply, as somebody who is pro-vaccine, who, who is, you know, all about societal, the bigger picture, mm. I simply do not understand that kind of mindset of choosing not to vaccinate and I know that it's I've heard I've read a lot about you know people are concerned about what is in the vaccine you know the contents other than just the the dead virus yeah I've heard about you know people not wanting to um poison their children with certain vaccines I mean but is there another reason why well, there's the the main hypo. There's a variety of hypotheses, and it's the fault of your people, as I had said earlier. The, he means Scottish people. Well, the UK, UK, I guess okay, UK. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a physician in 1998 who published an article in the Lancet, which is a medical journal, yep. demonstrating that children who had the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine (MMR) mm-hmm. uh, he stated that they had a higher degree of autism and linked that autism to the vaccines. And the three theories that exist are basically one, that the MMR vaccine in particular affects the intestinal lining, weakens it so that certain proteins can cross what normally would have been a protective barrier, enter the brain and trigger the development of autism. That's one reason people don't People are fearful of vaccinations. The other one, as you mentioned, is the content of the vaccines. Some vaccines used to contain thimerosal, which is a type of ethyl mercury. It was a preservative in the vaccine. And people thought that that mercury content would lead to autistic development. And the third theory is that people thought that bunching all the vaccines together into Mm. a short period of time weakened the immune system, making them more susceptible to autism. Those are the three main theories. Wow. All of which in the past 10 to 20 years have been scientifically disproven, in my opinion, and those of many other people much smarter than me, beyond any reasonable doubt. There Mm -hmm. is absolutely no 
scientific evidence-based link between the development of autism and giving vaccines, mm -hmm. as I interpret the literature and as thousands of other scientists do who are much smarter mm. and more informed mm. than myself. Yeah. And so. still this guy is... I mean, I know that he's, I know that this particular... He who shall not be named, <laughs> not like be named. number 45, our <laughs> commander-in-chief who shall not be named. Oh, there's another podcast. Yes. Um, he, even though he has been delicensed, I believe. I did not know that. I think he has been delicensed as a doctor, as a practicing doctor or, or medical professional. He is still earning money, traveling the world and speaking. Listen, to groups of people, sure, isn't it? people love their kids and people are afraid and love and fear create a very powarful driving absolutely. force. Marketing and, force. Yeah, a marketing force. <laughs> absolutely. And if you think your child is going to develop autism and their prevalence of autism has certainly skyrocketed, but no one really understands why that could because of, be because of the ability to uh, have access to more data. Is, I know, I was gonna, is it just not that we're getting better actually uh, recognizing it, it screening it? it? Absolutely, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but in my mind, at least the way I handle my children, is we will vaccinate them and we don't anticipate that giving them a higher incident, a chance of getting, becoming autistic. No. You're either born with it or not, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. come from the proteins that were mentioned in the original article. Anyway. <laughs> That's not. So, and then there were a lot of celebrities that took up the cause. I think Jenny McCarthy and Jim Carrey, who were together at the time, really, really went out very publicly anti-vax. Yeah. I'm not sure what their stance is now. Does um, anybody know but, what their stance is now? <laughs> so, regarding vaccines, not as a couple. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's over. So... You know, it's interesting, but that's where it came from initially. And then yeah. I don't know what the philosophy is behind the founders of Yarnia, if I'm saying that right. Um, I think it's a lifestyle choice, isn't it, really, more than anything? I don't know enough about it. Yeah. But I'm not going to visit there with my kids. <laughs> not until they're vaccinated. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I have difficulty in, I mean... I'm, Stella is now fully protected, vaccinated, et cetera, et cetera. So she, I'm like, whatever. Whatever. Bring it. But, you know, you were, you know, how do, how do, how do you bring up that, that subject with your friends and family? You know, if you say, if you're not vaccinated, I don't want to know. Uh, I don't know. I called a friend on the walk here because he has friends who have decided not to vaccinate their kids. And I need to decide, can we go to parties where they are or yeah. when we have an eight-week-old? Yeah. My decision was no. And I, we were discussing, like, do you bring that up with them? How do you, you know, it's sensitive. You're Whenever you talk about someone, how they raise their children, mm -hmm. be prepared mm -hmm. for fisticuffs or never hearing from them totally. again, right? No, I mean, absolutely. it's very hard to do. Yeah. Dangerous. Absolutely. That's the friend breaker conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, you, it's like we're, we're talking about, you know, being pro-vaccine and I'm sure a lot of people have got who are listening to this have got a lot of opinions about this particular subject because, as you say, it's about their children. It's about health. It's about the future of their children and how they decide to raise their children is their business and yes. nobody else's. Um, well, is it if they live in society? Is it? That's part of the question. I read in the paper, I think there's a Swedish politician who's campaigning on the premise that all kids have to be vaccinated to, to start school. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah. You know. Which is going to be tricky since homeschooling is not allowed in Sweden. Really? 
I think so. I could Another be totally wrong there. <laughs> there. There I go again, just making facts up about Sweden. Very timely <laughs> from my homeland, 13 kids who were imprisoned in their home, which was licensed as a homeschool and no one checked on it. It's just sick. Yeah, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Absolutely. And then we won't, uh, all the links to other cases like that, some of which I weren't, was not aware of. No, let's just, not talk about that. Yeah. It's not, not, not creepy, palatable. Creepy not palatable. Um, okay, so if you were to, um, if you were to sort of meet parents who were not sure about whether, or not, undecided about whether or not they should vaccinate their children, how would you approach that? What would you say? Well, I meet them at work. Yeah. I see parents and I see the consequences of their choices potentially with children who are exposed to illnesses that they that were preventable via vaccines. Mm. Um, and that is not the time to offer no. my views, so no. I don't, <laughs> as their child is ill. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't know that I've ever had that conversation with someone. What, yeah, it's a tricky one. Mm. That That has to, what would I do? I don't know. Depends on how many beers I had in me. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it worked, though. <laughs> no, not at no, work. No, no. <laughs> not at work. But in a social setting, yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I don't, it. it's very hard. Do you have an obligation? I really don't. Well, this, that's how I feel. That's exactly how I feel about the situation. If I, if, if I come across another parent who comes to me and says, I haven't, you know, oh, we decided not to vaccinate against, I don't know, um, like the MMR or polio or which is insane I don't know why you wouldn't do polio but anyway you know it's then you know how as somebody who is responsible at the end of the day for a group of children only one day a week fair enough but how do I how do I approach that how do what do I well that group of children can spread and spread so that can spread exponentially in terms of illness the same way these exposures to a single case of measles for example spreads exponentially all the people they were in contact with it for school or on the plane or on the bus. So that spreads and spreads. Um, so, so it matters. So then that, little, I... that little sample population that you're responsible for matters. So is it then, therefore, is it my responsibility to say to that person, I'm sorry, but you're not welcome here anymore? Can you say that? I don't even know if I'm in my, if I'm legally I don't know anything about the legality of that. Uh, I think if you're not going to say that, you have an obligation to inform the other kids before they enter yeah. that that you do not have a vaccination policy you, and you can't say who may or may not be vaccinated, but that That's you don't approach. restrict people from entering based on their immunization mm-hmm. status. That's a good approach. And then it's up to everyone else to make their own decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is you may good. lose some business. I mean, it's... Well, you know, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean... But I guess, you know, you're but more, I'm a you're biased moral guy, comp- you're right? Moral I, see the, I see the end result of this stuff. Yeah. I see the kids who are coming in terminally ill, potentially, mm. and mm. I have a very strong opinion about it because a lot of those things can be prevented. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't, I think equally I'm in the same boat. I don't ever want to think that. I mean, I've, we've had one, inc- we had an awful incident at the uh, the playgroup where um, somebody came to the playgroup with the Vintagrec hook and within 24 hours, oh, every went, single the, person, the vomiting, yeah, yeah, vomiting sickness. yeah, every single person, every single child that had been at that group that day had it, you know, 24 hours later. Really? So, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, it's that kind of level of, you know, so, so I'm kind of like, why do, 
that's where I'm coming from. Well, then you, I mean, you do you have an obligation to make a more informed choice that the parent is not making, right? If someone brings their kid with known vomiting sickness, like they or maybe know? they were maybe there was they were symptom free, but they were still contagious. That's that's the problem. Oh, you mean afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. Or not necessarily symptom free, but not visibly symptom free. Right. It's tricky, right? You know. Because it's tough to take care of a kid. So as soon as you think they're better, you want to get them back of into doggies. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, so you I can get, get that. that precious 10 minutes of extra sleep. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, we're all. Uh, we're yeah, all just trying to get along. We're all trying to get by <laughs> at the expense of others. <laughs> no, I mean, you're absolutely right. There is no, there it's is no right or wrong. There is no right or wrong. But at the same time, there is also consideration i think that's the i don't you know, know that really there's can... no right or right or wrong i'd say that we're right but no i just know. mean i think there's no right or wrong in terms of you know what choices people make because everybody has their reasons for the choices that they make you know because we have no idea what's going on behind yeah, there depending on the consequences yeah. of those decisions though yeah but i uh, and i think though that but i think that's that's what i mean though they have to be in they have to have they have to they have to understand their, you know, if they just make a decision not to vaccinate their child against measles. And then, you know, there has to be some kind of, you, you know, acceptance of, yeah, the consequences behind that. I don't really know. What, I think I've lost my point of what I was trying well, to say. Well, we're going to, you're asking us to accept the consequences of that, which is that my little eight-week-old boy can get measles because someone didn't vaccinate their child against something that's completely preventable based on horrific evidence yeah evidence that i think is completely i wouldn't even use the word evidence mm. theories that are completely unsubstantiated and disproven by evidence yeah. now maybe you'll have some people writing in and say no look at this paper look at this paper look at this paper i think you need to look at those papers very critically and that has been done again by people smarter than myself and the conclusion uh without any significant or reasonable doubt is that vaccines are effective and are not linked to autism yeah to me that's the end of the story yeah okay but there's a lot of people that don't agree with those conclusions mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. behave differently so how come how did but surely then the evidence even look at just in sweden recently mm. the measles outbreak that's happening in gothenburg right now yes is that not kind of critical empirical evidence right there that you know this has been caused by a population in Gothenburg <clears throat> of unvaccinated people and it's probably it's, you know patient zero was probably somebody who came from a country that didn't offer the vaccine in the first place yeah I don't you know, know what the initial we don't source know what of the, the yeah we don't know so that you know we're not sure where it's come from but therefore you know that's yeah, it definitely puts people at risk. But then what do you do? Say you can't come from another country? No, I don't, I'm not saying oh, that. Oh, I know. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Or do you say that you have to have vaccination status? Do you have to show your vaccine status? Or do you get immediately put into an accelerated program when you come here? Or to I mean, any I mean, country? That just I don't know. brings up images I don't know of, what the policy is, actually. I have I mean, no idea. That just brings up images of, like, 1984, you know, kind of George Orwellian-type it's just, I mean, we are so close. So there's such a fine line to how it could tip into mass, you know, 
medical kind of apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, end of days. Yeah. Armageddon again. But and uh, but even even for you know people who you know this whole kind of idea of like the shutting down borders and not letting people in because they don't have the right medical status is just God. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Well, the one thing that's really nice about where I work is that we've seen kids who've come, you know, the, literally the day before they got, they landed at Orlando and came to the emergency department with these illnesses they've had for their entire lives that were so easily treatable. Yeah. Skin conditions, for example, that make them pariahs in their homeland and with some paraffin and Vaseline, they can now walk the streets and, and no one notices. Yeah. Simple things like that, which are just fantastic. So, mm. um, I don't think either of us are advocating for any type of border control. God, no, absolutely not. I mean, God, if, to, if we, if there was border control, would we get in? No, God, no. <laughs> this the is thing. the only country that would have us. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> Island of lost toys. Oh, yeah. So this is the thing. I mean, I think, and but this is a whole, this is going into the, the, the another quarter and another podcast, but I am terrified. Well, we decided not to be politically correct in this podcast. I yeah, no, we've already decided. freely. Yeah. So 2018 is, is an election year in... In Sweden? In Sweden. Oh, okay. Um, high on the agenda, crime, immigration, duh, and medical and, 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 uh, and healthcare. Oh, yeah? Apparently. Okay. So um, I am interested to see what happens. Can you Mostly, vote? Are you citizen? No, no? I'm, I can't vote. Okay. No. Don't think so anyway. This is the year hopefully I get my citizenship. Really? Yeah, I think you need five years. Yeah, you have to apply for it though, don't you? Yeah, I think you just apply for it. And, if you've made and then the you have to do like a test and stuff, don't you? Not that I heard, but I, I, I don't know. I hope, <laughs> probably, usually whatever I think is going to go well ends it never up taking, goes well. Yeah, yeah, never, no, it's never easy. <laughs> oh, well. No, I've got another three years before I can You have to be here. But if Brexit happens. Isn't happened, it five, five years that you have to be here? Yeah. I've only, oh, no, I've been here for three now. So, yeah, two, I have two more years. Yeah. Yeah, but if Brexit happens, I'm fucked. Are you? Yeah. Why? Because I don't want to go back to the UK if Brexit happens. Okay. Why do you have to go back to the UK if Brexit happens? No, I don't have to go back. But I'm not going to... I don't want to be... Isn't Brexit happening? Brexit is happening. Brexit's yeah, happening. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no question about that. But yeah. Brexit is happening. But I don't want to be a... I don't want to be a citizen of a country that is that stupid. <laughs> Basically. Okay. So you'll no longer have EU citizenship. No. That is, and that is crazy. It really is. It's I mean, I don't, it's, it might not be so crazy for you time. because, you know, you're, it's being an American, you don't have I never had it European citizens. Yeah. I'm craving it. <laughs> <laughs> but if I lose it, all of a sudden, I'm going to be like, it's just to, to not, to have to, to have to apply for a visa to go back to my own country. Is that what you'll have to do? Yeah, it's insane. You can't keep dual citizenship. Well, you could get Swedish citizenship, right? And then you can... Get UK well, citizenship? I've, or? I've got no idea. Yeah. It all depends on how they figure out the finer points of this wow. crazy ass It's very interesting. Crap. A lot um, of interesting things going on these days. Well. <laughs> lots of them good. Mr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of, lots of good things happening. Mr. Fourth, Mr. Mr. 45th, though. <laughs> 45. He's a, Doing he's it a, to it. 
<laughs> he is something, that guy. I can't even keep up with what he did. Oh, yeah, the whole comment on the countries. Right. And Norway and why everything. Did he, why did they do this whole thing about... Because I, I wasn't really keeping up with it either, but why did they do the whole thing about him... Um, can't wait to hear uh, this. Let me savor well, this. No. <laughs> the, it was Say the, it the, slowly. Co- the cognitive reasoning. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't cognitive reasoning. They, they'd had some doctor like do a big oh, press Oh, his health con- exam. Do a big press con- conference. No, but it was about his, his mental reasoning or his mental Well, you know, there's like been that. a lot of psychiatrists who've written pieces. There was one in the New York Times just, I think, yesterday by a physician who was a psychiatrist in the Air Force who used to have to... Interestingly, my father did the exact same thing. They used to have to determine if airmen and women were qualified to have the responsibility to sit in the nuclear arsenal and press the switches yeah. that allow the release of nuclear weapons. Which seems completely reasonable. You know, it's a Absolutely. sensible thing to be tested point. for. They held them to a very high standard. <laughs> yeah. And by all objective measurements, without this physician ever having uh, you know, examined the president, <laughs> he determined that he would never have qualified that airman. Of course be. not, because he's a narcissist so to the full extent. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, he, he actually wrote a book, I think, about the, the age of narcissism in our president. So there's been a lot of psychiatrists who have come together and said that without examining him based on the empiric evidence, we think he's unfit for office. Who but knows? There is the, you know? I mean, I have heard, though, that in order for you to be the president of the United States... Every single person, every single president has been somewhat of a narcissist. And I think you have to. I really do think you have to, to, to do that job. Because you're so in the spotlight on everything, you know. There has to be a level of some kind of narcissism just to get through a day-to-day um, life mm. of that. But this is a whole, this is like reality television show narcissism yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like I, I, it's like a whole new level of <laughs> it's very interesting stuff oh my god absolutely can't say anything derogatory or threatening because the secret service will monitor this the nsa <laughs> not the secret service <laughs> dude listen if the nsa are listening into this guys you're welcome in sweden anytime no threats are, <laughs> no threats are being made just an intellectual conversation yeah um uh anyway we're slightly off topic of the the vaccine topic <laughs> well there were no questions then nobody right? sent any questions in i'm so surprised yeah, shut down dr j as the guest <laughs> no you've started get, you've shut got him a, down. You've, you know you've got a fan base out there i do not know that and i'd rather not hear about these things because they'll <laughs> just scare me I'm, um i'm scared of people which is why he doesn't put his picture up very that's much uh, I was gonna do it. Uh, I was gonna do a Facebook Live today, but I'm so glad you didn't. <laughs> Nothing worked. So glad I'm <laughs> in the new worked. baby bubble. We're logging. We're averaging three to four hours of sleep a night, two months now. The fact that I'm not septic already is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing, but it's worth it. We love him, the we little brick, yeah. Mursten. We call him, which is Danish for brick, because he was really je- uh, jaundiced, and Danish bricks tend to be yellow, and he's thick like a brick. <laughs> So we call them Mursten, or the brick. He's less yellow now, though. Good. <laughs> Still a little. I mean, the, the tree, I should have take, taken blood from him, like, at th- you know, a month and a half ago. But he's your own kid, and like, oh, I don't want, uh. So I can't treat my own kids. Hopefully he won't be done. I think that's pretty healthy, though. Horrific metabolic disorder. 
I think that's pre- done. that's pretty healthy though. I mean, if you there's a line, isn't there? As a I mean, as a pediatric person, there's a line, isn't there, between you know being that kind of like not what's the word I'm looking for? Like when you go into the hospital and you're treating other people's children, it's very kind of like you know yeah you do your job. It's very different. Yeah, can't do it for my own kid. No, that's always my <clears> great fear. Yeah, that the trauma alert is. Oh my God, that's my son. Oh my that God. Thing. God, it's like something of ER. Like uh, Twilight Zone. <laughs> Soylent Green is people. Oh, I did. Yeah, no. It's all it's all about ER, if you ask me. But anyway. Um, well, thank you very much for coming and joining us. It's my pleasure. We're um, off to the American Embassy now to get my son a passport. Good luck. Then we can vaccinate him so that he can travel to <laughs> the United States. For all the bad diseases, I'll tell you one thing Sweden is great at is really minimizing resistance to antibiotics. This place is so far ahead of its time in terms of that. Mm -hmm. Penicillin is still the main antibiotic that we prescribe. Which I've suddenly found out that I'm allergic to. Oh, really? Is that possible? Yeah, it's very common to be allergic to penicillin. Yeah, but to not be allergic to it and then to become allergic to it? Um, Depends on how many times you're exposed. Usually you take one, there's one exposure that triggers the immune response and then the second exposure triggers the reaction. But... It did happen almost like directly after I'd given birth. Okay. Is that a bit weird? You know... Everything I, I the, the birthing process is uh, yeah. Lord knows the different changes it triggers yeah. in people. I don't know. It was weird. There's a lot going on. Yeah, but anyway, yes. Yeah, so I'm allergic to penicillin now. Okay. It's in my file. Well, it tastes bad, and <laughs> that's one of the problems with good. kids that we give it to. It's that it's hard. To, it's hard to. Does get it still them. taste like? I remember you, I used to have it when I was a kid. If I had like tonsillitis, and it tasted like banana. But like really oh, I don't. Bad I've never banana. tasted it here, and I should taste all the medicines that I prescribe. I've tasted uh, Spectrumox and Amoxicillin, but never the penicillin, because I'm Ugh. just not used to it. At home, penicillin is good for strep throat and gonorrhea, and that's about that's it. it. Syphilis, yeah. excuse me, not gonorrhea. Yeah, but here it's pretty good for everything. <laughs> Once you've had them all, you get them so easily confused. <laughs> <laughs> just another STD. All right. Yeah. Um. But, um, yeah, no, it is very good at, at anti, at the whole anti... Anti-resistance. Biotic, yeah, it's really good. Stuff. I mean, there's a lot of fantastic I, as an, things as about healthcare. As a slightly OCD person with a bit of a germ phobia, it freaks me out a little bit. But I'm dealing with that. With? with uh, just because in the UK, especially, and in the US, they are, like, every single soap you buy has some kind of antibacterial, you know, crap in it as well. And for the first two years, especially because I just had Stella and I was a bit OCD, um, it freaked me out that there was no soap with any antibacterial stuff in it, which is ridiculous because you wash your hands. That's what gets rid of, you know, viruses and bacteria and stuff like that. And if you want to use some alcohol gel, you use some alcohol gel and then that's... Yeah. Great. That antibacterial cream you can buy in every drugstore in the United States. Yeah. Neosporin, Bacitracin, prescription only here. Yeah. But I think, so, that's, I think that's a really... Yeah. It's a whole different Coming round game. to it. Coming round to it, everybody. Um, but yeah, if you do have any more questions for Dr. James, you know where to find it. I will put the link up on the podcast uh, sidebar. Um, and also, um, Dr. James said that he wants to be... He wants more exposure on the website. So... Oh. No, we might have take to take it do. easy. We know, no, no. <laughs> Doctor James wants anonymity. 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 
He's happy um, to come here to the <laughs> safe little haven and look at the water and talk, talk with you, <laughs> pretending it's only us. <laughs> no, he really does love pretending that there's like 30,000 people out there no, listening no, to no, him. No, no, nay, 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 <laughs> We don't have 30,000 listeners, honestly. Uh, but it'd be great it's if we did. It's only a matter of time. It'd be great if we did. Everyone I send your web link to, they love it. The website. Do you know what? I really wish. They love it. I really, really wish that we could. It's a great site. Really wish that we could get better stats on our podcast. I am waiting with bated breath for Apple for Apple Podcast or Podcast Connect to send me their uh, newest um, stats stuff because they've got this new program out that you can see everything. Every, basically, see every single person that's listening into your podcast mm. because Just you can't get it. To take a moment and drop a comment and say good podcast or no thanks or I like this or bad guest, and then you can at least see that people are listening. But yeah. you may know that I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. always and good people to know. have done, and it, we're really grateful for those comments because it does mean a lot. It does um, mean that more people see it and that more people listen to it when they do do that. So every comment that we get means that more people, one other, one other person or somebody else on iTunes podcasting will see our little yeah. podcast. And it's four in the morning. We have to get up early to do this. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> it's literally like half past 11 on a Thursday morning. Oh my Thursday God, afternoon. I'm late. <laughs> How do I get to the embassy from here? (laughs) Anyway, we're off topic. Yeah, we're off topic again. Okay, so thank you very much, um, everybody, for listening. Um, And uh, we'll be back again soon. We haven't decided what other topic we're going to speak about next. But we need to have a conversation about that at some point. Okay. um, Yeah, so until next time. Hey, Doe. Hey, Doe. Hey to the Doe.